Welcome to the St. Barnabas Anglican Church Podcast. We share sermons, teachings, and messages from St. Barnabas Anglican Church in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm Father Andrew, the senior pastor at the church, and I'm glad you're listening today. You're always invited to worship in person on Sunday mornings at 8 and 10 a.m. and on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. You can also visit us online at stbarnabas.us. That's S-T-B-A-R-N-A-B-A-S dot U-S. And now, enjoy the podcast. name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see some faces here this morning, and welcome to you all watching online. So at the beginning of this quarantine, when everything was closed and we were told to stay home, I found I had a little more time, free time on my hands. Also feeling cooped up, I wanted to get out of the house. I decided to use some of my free time doing work around the yard. As I was doing some spring cleaning, I came across some rose bushes we had in the backyard. The rose bushes were looking pretty bad. And seeing the picture from a sermon from Father Petta, some of you may remember that picture. Um, Christy believed that our bushes were beyond repair, and they were diseased, and they needed to be removed. I was not so convinced about that, because I saw some signs of new growth coming out of the base of that bush. But it was being choked out by all the bad branches. So after much debate, I was able to convince her to let me try and prune them back. And if we did not see gro- any growth, I would dig them up. So I got out my saw and pruning shears and began to cut back the, bush, the rose bushes. And I must admit, they were re- in really, really bad shape. Once I was done cleaning them up, I realized I had filled my green yard cart with all the bad branches. But once I removed all those dead branches, over the next few weeks, the rose bushes began to grow back. Now they have doubled in size and are doing good. Get there. Maybe not. So we'll s- we have technical difficulties with the slides, so we'll, we'll skip the slides for now. But like the rose bush, we too need to be pruned from things in our lives that may keep us from growing or bearing fruit. Now, if we look at verses 1 and 2, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Just like the rose bushes, dead branches needed to be pruned. In order for us to grow spiritually, our dead branches need to be pruned to allow for new growth. To grow spiritually also. Jesus was telling this, or preaching this to his apostles not long before, uh, just before his crucifixion, but we can learn some lessons from that today also, not just as a church, but individually. In each one of us, there may be things in our lives that are keeping us from bearing fruit and need to be pruned. We all have things that distract us from doing the things we are called to do, or things that separate us from the vine. 
That's when we need to welcome and allow the vine dresser to come in and prune those overly crowded areas or dead areas in our lives. N.T. Wright says it this way, they have submitted to the pruner's knife, cutting away other goals and ambitions. They have already borne fruit. They must now expect more pruning so that they can bear more fruit. We need to follow this example of the apostles also and submit ourselves to the pruner's knife. We are human and live in a fallen world, so there will be times when we slip up or let things into our lives that draw us away from Jesus. So we need to be willing to let God work in those areas of our life, whatever it may be that distracts us from growing in our walk with Jesus. So this week, I would like you to spend some time and ask Jesus to reveal what areas in our lives may need pruning. What are the things in your life drawing you away from Jesus and preventing you from bearing fruit? As we submit ourselves to the pruning, the good news is we won't be going it alone. God knew we needed help. If you look at the Old Testament, throughout there is example after example of men turning from God. But God continued to try to redeem them. So we need redeeming too. So he sent his only son to become man to redeem the world. However, we must abide in Jesus if we are to be fruitful. If we look at verse 4, Jesus says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branches cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can, we, can you unless you abide in me. I think Jesus was pretty clear that in order to be fruitful, we must abide in him. In fact, Jesus uses the word abide 10 times in these 11 verses. So if we are the branches and Jesus is the vine and we are in union with him, just like any branch, if it is separated from the vine, it will not survive will become diseased, wither up, and die. But the branches or the person that remains attached or in union with the vine will continue to grow and bear fruit. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. Augustine Hippo summed it up this way, a grand commendation of grace, my brothers, it instructs the hearts of the humble, it stops up the mouths of the proud. So we know two things so far. We need to submit to pruning to allow for continued growth. And in order to be fruitful, we must abide in Jesus. So how do we abide in Jesus? First, by reading, learning, and taking in the word of God. We see throughout the Gospels, Jesus has given us examples of how to spend time with God. One example is in Luke 5.16. But he would withdraw to a desolate place and pray. Now, I'm not saying you have to go into the wilderness or some remote place to pray, but you need to find a place in time where you can spend time with God, reading his word, spending time in his presence, and praying. But just like all successful relationships, we need to be willing to listen. We need to listen to what God has to say to us. Matthew Henry wrote, The secret of the life of Jesus was his contact with God. Again and again, he withdrew into a solitary place to meet with God. We must keep contact with Jesus. We cannot do that unless we deliberately take steps to do it. So pick a place and a time that works for you. I myself find praying in the morning works best. 
and it helps keeps me, keeps me prepared for the assaults of the day. But also pray throughout the day. And this will be different for all of us. But the key is to remain in constant contact with Jesus. It will mean arranging life, arranging prayer, arranging silence in such a way that there is never a day when we give ourselves a chance to forget him. Remaining in contact with Jesus does not mean we should go about it by ourselves. We need to be in community with other Christians. The disciples did not go about spreading the word of God by themselves. They went out two by two. Even in the secular world, most companies will have mentors for new employees. The mentor role is to help the newer or lesser experienced person grow in their career. The same principle applies to Christians. We need to have someone who is more mature in their walk with Christ to help us continue to grow in our faith. We know that iron sharpens iron. It is also good to have someone to keep us accountable. Finally, when we abide in Jesus and he in us, then our wants and desires will be to do the will of God. In verse 7, states, it if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. If we are truly abiding in Jesus and Jesus and, and, Jesus and he in us, we will be, do be in tune with Jesus. When we ask for something, it will not be of our will, but God's will. If we spend time learning and, learning and know God's word as we grow in our faith, then we will not seek anything that is against the will of God. If you abide in, him, in me, he says, and my words abide in you, you shall seek. You will ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. To paraphrase Augustine of Hippo again, it says, for indeed, by abiding in Christ, what can we will except what is befitting to Christ? If we are abiding in the Savior, our will would be for nothing that is incompatible with salvation. We know we cannot serve two masters. Our will desires one thing because we are in Christ and another because we are still in the world. Gaston continues on, for from, ab from our abiding in this world, sometimes a thought creeps into our mind to ask for that which we do not realize is inappropriate for us. Far be it that happened to us. If we abide in Christ, who, when we ask, only does what is useful for us. Now in verse 8 we see that the Father is glorified when we bear fruit and are shown to be his disciples. Everything we should do, everything we do should be to the glory of God. If we are doing the will of God, we will be glorifying him. It is when we are doing the will of God and glorifying him, we will, then we will be fruitful. Now, despite all that's going on in the world and all the turmoil and uncertainty in the world, it is in those times when we may be tempted by the world. But we need to lean into Jesus and let him abide in us. If we go back a chapter in John to, in John to chapter 14, in verses 15 to 17, Jesus tells of the promise of the Holy Spirit. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, 
you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. When we abide in Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit will be working in us. When we have the Holy Spirit in us, our hearts will be changed. All this is made possible by the resurrected Jesus, and a new way of life is possible through the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead. By abiding in Jesus and letting him abide in us, our hearts will be changed. And a changed heart and a changed life will glorify the Lord. So let a Christ abide in you and you in him. Feel the love and power of God working in our lives through the Holy Spirit. As Paul tells us in Colossians 1.27, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So let us surrender our will and seek out the will of God and let it tr transform our lives. When we surrender to the will of God, his greatness and power is shown in us through our transformed hearts. So remain in constant contact with Jesus, even in the difficult times, because it is only in Jesus that we will find true joy. So when we remain present in our Lord, we will find that true joy. To God be the glory. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Barnabas Anglican Church Podcast. May the Lord bless you and keep you this week, and we'll see you next time. This episode of the St. Barnabas Anglican Church Podcast is copyright 2020, St. Barnabas Anglican Church in Fort Worth, Texas, all rights reserved.